What's up and welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson and yes, usually we are on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, but as I mentioned yesterday, we're going to do things a little different this week. Of course, it's the Pelicans game day as they welcome in the Portland Trailblazers to wrap up the two-game homestand. So I figured with it being such a big game before the Pelicans head out on the road, why not do a podcast today? And that's what we'll do for you. We'll also have a game day podcast for you on Thursday with Jared Greenberg of NBA TV. More on that in just a little bit. So again, this week's schedule will be Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday as the Pelicans hit the road after this one. Three-game road trip against the Suns, Jazz, and Clippers. More on that after our interview. Our guest today, Travis Demers, the radio voice of the Portland Trailblazers, joins us after the Blazers with a tough loss last night in Houston to the Rockets. And now the big news of the day is Carmelo Anthony officially signing with the Portland Trailblazers as of this morning. And according to reports, he will be available tonight. Who knows for how long? Who knows if he'll start, if he won't start? I don't think he will since he hasn't played in over a year. Um, but he will be available tonight, and the Blazers come in um, with a little bit of a tough stretch here. I believe they're at 5-9 and nine right now, so right up there with the Pelicans, who are 4-9. and nine. So both teams desperately needing this win, and especially the Pelicans can get back to 500 at home before they hit the road for three big games. So Travis will come on and talk to us a little bit about what to expect from Carmelo and also what's been going on with the Portland Trailblazers. That means all of you should definitely come to the game tonight. It's a friend's night out, which includes two tickets and four beers for one special price. You can log on to pelicans.com slash tickets. Um, so, yeah, a big week for the New Orleans Pelicans. And, again, no practice yesterday. There was no shoot-around this morning. So, well, as far as the injuries are concerned, we'll know more about those uh, when Alvin Gentry speaks in media at 5.15 p.m. Central. We do know a couple guys are still out, including Derek Favors. Some guys are listed as questionable, Brandon Ingram and Frank Jackson. Jilla Okafor listed as doubtful, but if you want a full rundown, you can log on to pelicans.com or hop on the mobile app um, to figure out who's playing, who's not playing, and we'll learn more later on tonight from the Smoothie King Center. And joining us now is Travis Demers, who, of course, is the radio voice of the Portland Trailblazers, his first full-time year with the Blazers. And, uh, Travis, first off, congratulations. Uh, we're happy for you and excited to be a part of the NBA Brotherhood. Uh, thanks so much. I really appreciate you saying that. It's, um, it's the opportunity of a lifetime. There are only a handful of these jobs that have one. It's incredible. Absolutely. Um, and Travis has done work with the Portland Trailblazers before, filling in for Brian Wheeler. Um, but talk about this first year for you, Travis, just personally how it's been, you know, adjusting to a full-time schedule, being the new radio voice of a uh, historic team in the Portland Trailblazers. What's this first month or so been like for you? Um, it, it's been great because it's a team that I've, I've covered for 16 years. And I, I know the players and I know a lot of people in the front office, but to be a part of the organization in this way, it's just, it's, it's, it's a different mindset and getting used to it from the perspective of from a team employee versus I'm, I'm an outsider. It's been, it's been a little different. Um, the, the team hasn't gotten off to the start that we wanted. And you know, last year, obviously, we had a, a great run of the Western Conference Finals. So this year, there were high hopes with some, some changes. And it's been, it's been a little disappointing early on. But there's still you know, plenty of time left in this season. But just having the opportunity to, to be around this team and be in, at, uh, you know, in this chair and work with Michael Holton and, and to, to know people around the organization, it's been everything and more that I could have ever hoped for. You, you mentioned the slow start for the Blazers after such a great year last year. What has been kind of the main reason why the Blazers are off to a slow start? 
Well, I think the biggest factor is injury. I mean, we all expected Yusuf Nurkic to be out until, you know, we still don't know. Maybe the All-Star break, maybe beyond that. But you know, the the fact that Pau Gasol still has not been able to get into the lineup yet, um, Zach Collins getting hurt in the game against Dallas, and he hasn't played since game three, that really threw a lot of things off. And Rodney Hood missed a couple of games with injury. So you've had to have guys that weren't expected or, or asked to be starters and play starters minutes at the beginning of the year, play starters minutes. And, and guys who were expected to be coming off the bench are starting so that the rotation has, has changed. And it, this is not the same team we thought we were going to see in you know September and October. And, and missing Zach Collins has been a, a big piece. As a team that has had plenty of injuries, I can certainly sympathize with you there. Right. <laughs> Absolutely, because the Pelicans had eight or nine available players this past weekend, so our injury list is uh, is pretty uh, pretty thick right now. Um, we'll see if we'll get some healthy guys back tonight. But you mentioned Zach Collins. I know a lot of people talked about that injury being you know bigger for the Portland Blazers than people actually expected. But as far as uh, one of the new guys, there are a couple of new guys. You have Kent Bazemore and Hassan Whiteside. How those guys fit in so far? Um, has there been a little bit of a learning curve with them just based on a, a new system for both of those guys? Yeah, there's always going to be a learning curve. And, you know, Hassan has been very good on some nights, but with, without White Sox, the Blazers probably wouldn't have beaten San Antonio. He was terrific at 11 and 6, and two blocks in the fourth quarter, and he was great. And he struggled last night. And I think the, the, the biggest thing that I noticed with Whiteside being the starting center is, and this isn't a knock against Whiteside, I think he's been very good. It makes you appreciate some of the things that Yusuf Nurkish did that much more because he was so special in terms of the pick and roll with Damian Lillard. And those guys were so good at that together. And Whiteside does some things that, that Nurkic can't do. You know, the way that he blocks shots is things that you know, Nurk couldn't do. But the pick and roll game with Damian Whiteside just isn't what it was with Yusuf Nurkic. And it, it's impossible to be after you know, 13, 14 games. Um, so it's not Whiteside is basically he's been important because you haven't had Yusuf Nurkic here. Um, but that's that's been critical. And then uh, Kent Bazemore's defense has been what's impressed me the most. Yes, he can hit corner threes, he can slash and get to the rim at times. But a lot of times he'll he'll get the, the assignment of, of defending the other team's best player. And he's, he's been very good. He's had five or six chase-down blocks this season. His on-ball defense has been very good. I mean, you look at the, the team's record at 5-9, and nine, and I'm telling you all these things that are so great. Let's talk about the kind of the main storyline going on today as we're taping this podcast. It broke earlier today officially that the Portland Trailblazers have signed Carmel Anthony. Um, we heard the news a few days ago that the reports are it was going to happen. It, it kind of surprised me a little bit um, based on the situation for Portland. Um, I don't think this was a panic button move by the Blazers, but what what do you think the reasoning behind signing uh, the 10-time All-Star? Well, I think the biggest reason is they just didn't have enough bodies in the front court. I mean, if you look around and you talk about the injuries right now, you're starting to fear little on 19-year-old at power forward, which he's not really naturally a three. And you have Anthony Tolliver, who has not played much now the last few games. Um, and he's a four, but he's not a starting four. Mario Azonia is playing some four. They're, 
they're running out of lineup and they've gotten good at the power forward spot a lot. So they, they needed bodies at that position. And yeah, Carmelo has played a lot of three, but in today's NBA, you know, you can definitely be a power forward. So I think because there's just so few bodies on the team that can play that position, that's why they added Carmelo Anthony. And I think it makes, makes sense. I mean, at this point, when you're sitting there at five and eight, five and nine, and he really wants to play, and you need somebody who can play that position, and he's really the best available guy out there, uh, it, it makes sense. And I don't think it's a panic move. I don't think it's a death move. I think it's a, we really need another body, and that's the best guy out there kind of move. No doubt about that. So how much do you think, again, you're knowing this just as much as we are right now, so I'm not expecting you know breaking news, but how how much do you think he'll play tonight? How much is it going to take some time for him? Obviously, because he hasn't even practiced with the team. He met the team in New Orleans last night. Um, but do you see him getting into the game? I know he'll be available, but do you see him playing, starting? Where do, where do you see him as far as minutes go tonight, especially with the, uh, with the injuries you guys have? Yeah, and this, this is all just speculation. You know, we're, we're all thinking the same thing. Right. And I'm, I'm right there with you in terms of the fact that he's not played in a year. He has not played with the team. He's been, you know, in, in, in game I don't know if you saw the, the little video he put out uh, on social media. Mm-hmm. I think it was yesterday that you know he needed a couple days to get himself mentally ready. And you know, obviously he's there now if he's, he's signing with the team. But you you can't ask a guy who hasn't played basketball in a year and uh, hasn't played for his teammates to step in, start, play thirty minutes, and be the old Carmelo Anthony. You know, it's just it's just not going to happen. So. I really don't know what to make out of that. Um, I wouldn't expect him to start right away. Um, I don't know what kind of minutes he's going to play or what kind of impact he's going to have, but he he will have an impact. And whether he starts and you know plays with that group for 15 or 20 minutes, or if he comes off the bench because you need a little more scoring punch off the bench, I can see both those scenarios happening in, in the longer term. But it's it's hard to imagine that that's what it would be like right away. Absolutely. Um, of course, Carmelo is joining a really good backcourt and Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, all three guys capable of taking it upon themselves. Um, very good ISO players. With that being said, long-term-wise, when they start getting acclimated with each other, how do you see Carmelo fitting in with those two guys offensively on the floor? Well, I think it's in some ways the, the isolation type of game that Carmelo Anthony plays, and he's always kind of been that way, the back-to-basket type of guy, I think, that will take some pressure off Stanley Lillard and Stephen McCollum when they're out there on the floor together because they don't, they don't really have that. Um, you know, they, they they try and do that sometimes with Rodney Hood, but he can back down, you know, uh, point guards. But to have somebody in the front court that has a little bit more of a basket-basket type of game, I think, will help. At the same time, it's going to slow some things down with the, the pace of that first unit when he's with those guys. Um, you know, last year they were. You know, bottom third of the league this year, they're, you know, top 10, top 12 in terms of pace. And Carmelo Anthony will slow that down a little bit. But I don't really think there's anything wrong with that because that's kind of what this team did last year, and they have a lot of success with that in terms of the pace. So we've seen the pace pick up with the second unit with guys like Anthony Simons and Kent Bazemore. It's just it's, it's tough with, with, with Carmelo Anthony because when, when his team was at its best, the NBA was different. And what he did well didn't really translate to the Rockets last year. Didn't translate all that well to the Thunder a couple of years ago. So we just, we don't know. There are a lot of unknowns, and it's, it's a low-risk situation. I hope for everybody that wants out, obviously, but it's, it's a non-guaranteed contract, and I think everybody's aware of that, and everybody really wants to make it work, because I, I think both sides 
maybe each other just recently. Well, there'll certainly be a lot more eyeballs on this game tonight, that's for sure, especially being on NBA TV. So let's focus in on tonight's game with the guys that are available for Portland and for the Pelicans, which we still won't know until later on tonight because the Pelicans didn't shoot around. But um, after a tough loss last night in Houston, uh, Travis, give me a couple keys that the Blazers will need to do to kind of get back on track here against the Pelicans. I think they just need to execute. I mean, last night they struggled from from three-point. They didn't get to the free throw line very often. Damian Lillard struggled again. He only had 13 points. But that was because we saw, you know, a lot of what the Pelicans did against the Blazers in the playoffs a couple of years ago, and that was that was trapping and force other guys to beat him. And last night they just didn't make those shots. They missed some fast break opportunities. They missed some layups. There was just there was a lot of lack of execution last night. And I don't, I'm not saying they would have won the game if they executed better. But they lost, you know, 132-108. That's a that's quite a margin, 24 points after his double-digit loss of the season. But tonight, they, they just need to execute. And I think when they execute and do what they do, they can beat most teams in the NBA. And you know, the Pelicans are undermanned. The Blazers are undermanned. So tonight, you just got to, on the second night of a back-to-back, you got to go out there and execute. And to me, that's, that's when it's been the biggest issue in, in a lot of these games this year. It's the fourth-quarter defense and then missing shots you know, late in games and, and executing because there's still, you know, a feeling out process. Yes, we're 14 games into the year, but some of these players are still trying to figure out how to play with each other, whether it's pick and roll game for Dame and Hassan or, you know, Kent Bazemore or some of the other players that are that are new to this team. So tonight with, with both teams in demand, you just got to execute with the guys that are out there. It certainly sounds like the Pelicans and the Blazers are somewhat in a similar position, don't you think? I know the injuries are a little different just based on how many guys are out for the Pelicans, but Blazers are dealing with the same thing. Also, a ton of new guys on on the Pelicans, just like the Portland Trailblazers. Do you feel like these two teams, in, in a way, are kind of similar based on what's going on with them right now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, for the Pelicans, there's a lot of youth there, and there's that, that Zion guy that we've heard a little bit about that yeah. everybody's still so excited to see. The Blazers don't have a guy like that waiting in the wings. But, you know, with the injuries to guys like Ball and Ingram who are new, and Ingram has been playing out of his mind so far, and Josh Hart, you know, those guys are all banged up, and you know, Derek Favors, and so many players are hurt. There's a, the injury situation, it's worse with the Pelicans. The, the difference, I guess, with the Blazers is they have a little bit more established talent that, that's been hurt. You know, Zach Collins is still a pretty young guy, but... In, in terms of what the expectations were with the way the rosters have changed versus the reality of the season so far, I think both teams are absolutely in the same boat. Real quick, just give me a quick thought on the Pelicans. You mentioned a little bit, but uh, what has stuck out with you as far as prepping for them um, tonight against uh, the Portland Trailblazers? Uh, honestly, it's, it's the injuries. It's the guys that, that make an impact that either haven't played lately or are going to be out tonight. And You know, Ingram... I, I think what we saw from Ingram the last couple of years in L.A. was a guy who was being held back, and now that he's got kind of free range in New Orleans, he's been really unbelievable. And I've, I've seen some uh, comparisons with the projection of what he's done to you know guys like Pascal Siakam, who's kind of broken out later on uh, another rookie contract. And that's kind of what Ingram has done. And honestly, he's one of the he might be the most improved player in the NBA if he keeps up what he's doing. Um, there's just so much young talent on that team. Some of the guys we already mentioned, and Zion, you know, the other couple of rookies that, that, that the uh, the Pelicans have. Um, you know, there's so much young talent on that team that 
nobody really knows what to make out of them because when is that all going to come together? How many of those guys are going to pan out? So I think with the Pelicans, they could be a really fun team to watch and everybody's healthy. It's just not the way it is tonight. So honestly, I don't know what to make because I really haven't seen so many of those young guys play. Fair enough. I think we're all in the same boat uh, in that state, yeah. in case that's for sure. Travis, I really appreciate the time, especially coming off of back-to-back. So get some rest, and we'll talk to you at the arena later tonight. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Learned a lot more about the Portland Trailblazers. Big thanks to Travis Demers for coming on today's show. Good preview of tonight's game between the Pelicans and the Blazers. Again, 7 p.m. Central tip. If you're not going to be inside the arena with us, you can watch it on Fox Sports New Orleans, nationally on NBA TV, or you can listen in on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans, the entire Pelicans radio network presented by Smoothie King. And, of course, you can watch and listen on the Pelicans mobile app. Again, no show tomorrow, but the, as the Pelicans will travel to Phoenix and take on the Suns Thursday on national television at TNT, the second game of a doubleheader. But we will have um, plenty for you on Thursday. We'll have another Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek with Jared Greenberg of NBA TV. He also hosts his own show or is a part of a couple of shows on Sirius XM. And we'll also have a Pelicans weekly show coming to you at 7.30 or 8.30, I should say, Central Time on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans. It's an exclusive sit-down with Pelicans players, staff, and uh, coaches. And we'll learn more about the Phoenix Suns during that podcast. Again, three-game road trip, Phoenix, Utah, and L.A. Hopefully the Pelicans can get this one tonight before their tough road trip that starts on Thursday. This podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Trying to find tickets to basketball games or any other live event can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady prices with SeatGeek. You can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats. Buy from any device and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple of taps. Plus, with their deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. Plus, of course, every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Also, if you're a listener of this show and you want to make your first purchase on the SeatGeek app, you get $20 off by using the code GOPELS, all one word, all caps, at checkout. SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. That will do it for today's podcast. For Travis, I'm Daniel Salerson. We'll talk to you at the arena tonight. Go Pels.